Tonight's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Licinius, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod the ruler, who had been rebuked by him because of, the, of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of the Lord.
greetings in the name of the Lord. Yeah, my name is Michael Kimpur, and I thank God for this opportunity that I'm here with you, and God has gotten us together to open up his word and share. I know time here is of essence. I'll try to be short. <laughs> I, I promise Nate that. So, I have a small boy who was born with small eyes, or the, when he was born, there were hardly no eyes for two weeks. And my wife was very concerned. Took him to hospital, told the doctor, what's going on here? Is this guy blind? Then the doctor popped the eyes. He saw some eyeballs. Say, oh, you know, take, it, it will take some time. He's all right. So when he was born, because of the small eyes, <laughs> kids really call him China. <laughs> we have people in, in China who are, this, I'm not really being mean on Chinese. But I'm just telling you what happened. It, I'm not saying it's bad to have small eyes, but... <laughs> so we have China, small boy. Lately, he's taught me another way of, of, of saying hi, okay? I want us to do that greeting <laughs> like he does to me. It's really, it's something. <laughs> yeah, I will try with the Russian. Pastor, come here. Yeah, let's do so. So, when he greets people, uh -huh. he does this way. Just this way, oh, okay. And then... Uh, <laughs> where did he get that from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to you. <laughs> okay, I bring that greeting from Africa. Can we do that one? Mmm, mmm, mmm. <laughs> Okay, that is it. Um, okay. We sang a song that says, the blood of Jesus will make us as white as snow. Cultural differences here. If you are in Africa, what will you say? There is no snow there. So we would, we would, we would say, his blood, which is really red, will make us as white as milk. Okay? So, I don't know where Ned got the cultural... Let's talk about cultural differences. When you, when you, when you saw the Jesus film for the first time, what did you see? You know that. You can answer yourself. But I'll tell you this part of the story. When we showed the Jesus film to my village in Alale for the first time, they saw it real because these people do not know movie, acting a movie. They don't know that. If you show them motion pictures, to them, it's playing in front of them. It's real as it, as it, as it is. So we had explained about Jesus by words the way uh, one of our sister read uh, that scripture today. Some of them never got it, but I know you people got it because culturally 
you can connect to it. But when we explain to my village family about Jesus, his son, they didn't, it was a little bit complicated. And you know these are people who did not who have who can read and write. So we got a better idea. We had someone uh, in Nairobi who had a Jesus film and uh, in Pokot, my local language, it's been translated. So we reached out to that person, asked for a copy. And when this Jesus film was taken to the village with a screen and we cast the whole thing onto that white uh, screen at night when it's really pitch black and the villagers because word had gone out that a cinema or something was being shown they really came up in their numbers when all the cows have been put up in the shed children have eaten everyone that's when they gathered then we showed them but out of our, without the least we expected was what happened. We thought they would see, they would treat it just as a movie. We never really expected they would react to it like it's happening in real time. They took, it took us unaware. Being a very uh, war-torn place, they, the warriors or the young men come along with their weapons, spears and arrows. And they were all seated there with all their tools for war. Just in case something happened, they don't have to go far to access their weaponry. So as the movie, was, the Jesus film was going on, and because it was in the Pakot, they, would, they, they, they could hear it. They didn't need help to be told what was being said. They got it, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. But as that was going on, the place was quiet, very quiet. And when it got to the point where Jesus is being tortured and crucified, first the women started yelling. And for Pokot, when women or a kid yells, men don't stand it. But out of the blue, we saw a spear through the screen. And there was a chaotic uh, situation. To, to, to restore some calmness took us some time because it was really going crazy and people it took us some, a lot of effort to tell people, you know what? Okay, hold on, hold on. The best we did was to switch off, to switch off the, uh, the machine. And then when the screen went off, we had to explain. Like, this is not happening here. It was recorded some time back. The question I wanted us to ask is that why did these people react in this way? Why did that young man throw a spear? Because if, if we show the Jesus film here, but you have the benefit of some background information, none of you 
would throw uh, a Bible or, or a knife or whatever thing will be in your hand. Um, but that is exactly what happened. And it makes me feel to appreciate the name of this church, House of Mercy. It's a powerful name. When Nate told me some time back, long time ago, some maybe five or six years, that he has found a church, a community called House of Mercy, uh, who has listened to what he has, to how he had, to what he had told them of a situation halfway around the world. Then I told Nate, I have no idea what the congregation looks like, but the first impression is very incredible. I like the House of Mercy name. And true to our, <laughs> true to my expectation, it turned out there is, there, these were people of mercy. The reason I say is that my villagers probably never knew what was going on. They never really knew who Jesus was anyway. But the sheer happening of what was playing in there, in front of them, uh, invoked the best of their humanness. They wanted to do something about this one person being tortured by some people. And to make what matters worse, <laughs> there were some other people around there who were looking at it and doing nothing. I think that's what really made them feel so angry to the point of doing something themselves there and then taking, taking things in their hands. So that was because among the pocket, we live in a world of now. You never know about tomorrow. So if you have like uh, some food this size and somebody shows up, you tell them, come, have a little. You don't say, I keep, if I give you this one, what will my children have tomorrow? I don't know you. No. He's hungry. You are hungry. A little now, tomorrow. <laughs> he might be the one having something. You know, give you a little. We see tomorrow. Which is not to say my community is the best. No. That is just where they have found themselves. If like in America you have an opportunity or in Europe, wherever in the West, you have an opportunity to have a free to save something for tomorrow, that's an opportunity in itself. It's a launching pad for tomorrow and the next day. Yeah, but that still brings the element of mercy because love is more powerful. Love, you need to know someone. That is my pastor. That's my interpretation. It may not be so. But the, the instinct I have is that for love, you need to know someone so that you are compelled to do something. For mercy, probably, in my own interpretation, you see a situation and you feel like throwing a spear at that. You know, because 
you can't help it. You have to do something. Even if it's the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, so, and that was the, re- the, the reaction of my villagers. And when I look back and I go to that village, we have a small startup church now there. Um, and I have taken, we've taken uh, the Jesus serum there like twice, thrice. After explaining to them, you still see women and some young men crying every other time whenever it is shown. They, are, they can never comprehend that was a movie that was acted. No, it is always real whenever it's played. You see someone still wants to do something. Least to, uh, nevertheless, crying. So, and from the scripture of today, you saw the tax collector asking, and what should I do? The soldier asking, what should I do? But for those villagers, simple, they have seen it, throw a spear there. They never asked Michael or whoever was showing, what should we do? No. They just say, what is really going on here? <laughs> a natural response, whether it will help or worsen. Yeah. So, um, it's the story of the cross. And uh, what I can say is that House of Mercy, you, I don't know. I don't know whether the analogy of a spear will help. But in any case, if you didn't throw a spear to what Nate, because I didn't come here, I sent a letter to Nate. Nate. God's spirit led Nate here and he told you what he told you about the children across the Atlantic Ocean in a small community and you are willing to say, oh Nate, we will accommodate that, we will work with that. So I say, I'm happy to be here. You threw a spear at that situation. Or in other words, you send a love letter to these kids that most of you have never met. You send a, you send a, a message of hope, a, me, a message of encouragement, like, you know, we are together. Far, you, you may be far, but we are together in his, in his fault. So, I want to thank Pastor Debbie and Ruse for this congregation, the House of Mercy. Yeah, it's like you are in Africa without knowing. Yeah, so, um, one thing I wish to say is that, you know, if you live in a scarcity context like uh, my village, a little goes so far. Why is it that, and don't take me negatively, there are bigger churches in Minneapolis or in Europe or in, in America or in Kenya, so to speak. There are bigger churches. But why is it that 
such a small congregation, I'm not saying you are small, but allow me to use that word for now to fit my context. <laughs> Why is it that a handful of people as you are have crossed an ocean, not a lake, and a huge ocean, and you made an impact, or your letter goes to a feeling like mine, it's because of that mercy component. You listened and you responded as the, Lord, as the Lord allowed you. So what am I saying? My people, my village normally says it doesn't matter. Little is sweet. We have a metaphor like that. Little is sweet. A pinch of salt can make a difference. So that you don't discount yourself. Oh, Nate, what? supposing you gave that excuse. Nate, oh man, we are hardly 200 people. We can't do that. We are trying even to meet our own situation. That was not the response from this family uh, of believers. You say, yes, we are here. We will walk the, I mean, we will walk down that road. And uh, the report now is good. You really encourage me. As I go in the villages there, working with the kids, it's, it's, it's encouraging to know you, are, you have a family, a group of people who are really praying for you and uh, interceding with you. So, um, among the pocket, we don't have ounces, miles, we use our own hands, like, I need some food. How much do you have? You can say, I have this pinch, or you have this one, or you have this amount, or you have this one. So, what are we saying? How much did, 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 did Jesus really love us? When you see the Jesus film, my villagers will appreciate when Jesus is put on the cross, it really carries so much meaning. And it helps us when we minister to them, explain it. And they get it because they share their small one like this. They say, I have a little. I have a little. When they have this much, they share. When they have this much, okay, when they have this much, until when Jesus is like this. This is how Jesus shared his life with them. And if you did math, this is, they call it in math, infinity. If you have a bar, like a bar chart. This one is not this one, or this one, or this one. It is this one. It's infinite, infinite. The infinite love. So, Jesus loved my village beyond measure. And they knew the way they share their life. Small one, or this way, or this way. Up to this point is sharing beyond compare. So, my message today is that Jesus totally, completely beyond measure shared his, his life for us and uh, 
It is how Christians should walk so that we are all Christian, Christ-like. Pursue to share our life that way. And we get that in the book of John 3, verse 16. For God so, English, so loved, okay? You reach out to your child like this. You hug your, your dear wife like this. But this one is beyond measure. Supposing you hugged your wife like this. <laughs> that is beyond measure, okay? But, you know, one person, one wife, one man, okay? But everybody inclusive. In Kenya, my village, in America, Minnesota, beyond measure. So I want to say thank you very much, and God bless you. Yeah.